It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra. That's our second weekly show each week where we preview the upcoming fixture and I'm delighted to be able to do that today after what has seemed an absolutely interminable international break. My name's David Edgar and joining me today is my good friend and colleague Mr Alex Staff. Hello Alex. Hi there David, how are you feeling? Better now that we have this show as a harbinger of, of football returning because this has seemed a particularly long international break and I don't think I'm alone in that. I think speaking to a few people, they felt that this one has dragged on a little. Um, it was pretty much the same the last time as well. I think that, um, you know, we had a further international football this summer. We're done with that now. Uh, yeah. I, I say that as someone who isn't as negative about it and does see a place for it still, um, where many don't. I think that... Uh, yeah, they're coming very quickly. We're going to be in the same situation before we know it again in November, um, with another couple of weeks uh, coming up then. So it's just because they're all coming in quick succession. It's feeling like well, we just had the World Cup. We don't really care about the rest of it. Just gets to the mm. next tournament, would you? I, I think it kind of feels like it breaks up the season that you do wait for the season to kick in, and then just as it seems to be going each time, it gets broken up. Although. We have to look at the positives from a Rangers point of view. It's been two weeks off. There's been a lot of players back at Ibrox, which has given Steven Gerrard two weeks on the coaching field, along with, uh, obviously, Michael Beale, Jordan Milsom, Tom Culshaw, etc. So I think that there is a positive effect for Rangers after a period in which we played an awful lot of matches very quickly and another period coming up where we'll do the same. Yeah, it was definitely a positive in that respect, but... Uh... From a fan's perspective, it's just an impatience, isn't it, really? Um, we uh, we don't need quite as much rest from it as the players do, so no. we, get, we get a bit frustrated when we don't have Rangers, especially when they're playing well, which they are at the moment, and that makes a big difference as well. Yes, that's true. Had this happened uh, maybe this time last season, there wouldn't have quite been 
the same uh, two weeks off would have maybe been a positive to something to look forward to but no you're right especially after Rangers uh, rather thrilling 3-1 victory over Hearts in our last match now of course uh, a few things have happened in the international break that we just would like to touch on one of which has obviously a huge potential direct effect for Rangers at the weekend but first things that we should mention because we didn't have a show uh, or we did have a show but it was uh, dealing with an episode of the Time Capsule I hope you all enjoyed that it was a little bonus International Week special but the Paul Gascoigne Hall of Fame snub um, appears to have played itself out now Uh, what lessons can we take from this Alex? Well um, I think we've been reminded of incompetence of the people who who run the game in Scotland I think we've been uh, reminded of the absolute uh, I'll try to think of the right word here they seem to be untouchable don't they yeah. uh, there's going to be absolutely no consequences come from this as you say it seems to have played itself out thankfully Gaza seems to be um, okay with it he seems to have taken it in you know quite bullish spirit for, for want of a better word he's uh, you know wound, wound them up a little bit um, with it as well which is you know good to see Gaza in that sort of mood uh, I would hope that someone somewhere has learned that before we start giving the names away of people who have been nominated for such things, that the actual decision has been made, you know, because it doesn't really come across this time as though it had been. Um, and I would also prefer, and this is never going to happen, I'd have preferred them to have been honest about it. Mm. Because by, by citing his health, I, I don't believe that his health was the issue. No, um, it wasn't. You know, and then that just blew up and that... That caused a lot of anger, um, especially, you know, me, me and you both felt that uh, mm. quite keenly at the time. Um, that, you know, if they'd just been a bit more honest about it, okay, yeah, there would have been one set of people getting annoyed about it, yet the entire country going nuts uh, because of what they said. So, so yeah, let's, um, let's try and be a bit more open about it all as well. But, but like, we know that we know these things aren't going to happen, and we know that sometime in the next couple of years there is going to be another absolute farcical situation that will be similar to this where we just look back and think how do we keep doing this but that's Scottish football for you isn't it it was the sheer callousness of it that offended me and offended I think as you say the the vast majority of society because they had made the decision obviously and then tried to work back to find a solution and one of the things they felt was appropriate to help cover their arse was his mental health which is a no-go area. You cannot use someone's mental health as a stick to beat them with in 2018. It's not acceptable. It's not where we want to be as a society. And there is the feeling, of course, that persists that they wouldn't have done it with anyone else, but, fuck, it's Rangers. It doesn't matter. And you can have your issues with Paul Gascoigne. I'm sure a lot of people do for things that he's done in the past, but you cannot send the message to anyone who's out there suffering with mental health that... Uh, their mental health can be weaponized and can be used against them. That's disgraceful, and that's what they did. And there will be people out there suffering who are afraid to come forward for help because they're worried about the stigma attached to mental health. And what the Hall of Fame incident did was tell those people that those concerns are genuine, and that's not where we should be at this stage of, of human history. So it was awful. It was it was venal. It was cruel. And it humiliated, deservedly humiliated the people who run Scottish football because they, I think, held themselves up to to worldwide scrutiny of what they're like by taking on a, a, a popular 
football figure and as I say using the basest of of elements of the argument to try and win it to protect themselves and uh, it's not acceptable and I'm glad that people are coming out after it and I do want to see heads rolling over it I want to know who the SFA committee members were who threatened to boycott the event I want to know what their motivations were and I think they should be forced to answer for it Alex it would be lovely but we just know that's not going to happen Mm. Um, so it's one of those situations where yes that's what should happen yes you get everything to be frustrated about it but it it feels almost futile to be so because we just know that it's not going to be the case Um, you're right everything about that was was can you imagine a similar situation with uh, Fernando Rickson, for example? Mm. Can you imagine that he'd been nominated for such things and then someone had come out afterwards and went, ah, well, you know, we're not too sure about his health, so we've cancelled it. Yeah, the exactly. uproar would have been huge. They wouldn't even contemplate it. Um, and at a time where you are trying to, you know, there's a serious and very fair debate about whether or not chronic mental health issues should be considered the same as chronic physical health issues. Um, it's not exactly hidden that like Paul Gascoigne has some, you know, there's not a part of Paul Gascoigne's life that hasn't been publicised for decades now. So, so yeah, um, it's, uh, as you say, it just added to what's already a, a very kind of sad situation with the stigma attached to these things. Um, I'm not even sure they realised they were doing that, which makes it even worse. Mm. Um in many respects, but there you go. So, moving then on to on-field football matters, Rangers travel to Hamilton this weekend, uh, another plastic pitch to look forward to, and uh, are hoping to slay our, so far, rather poor away league record, which has seen us pick up just two points out of a possible 12 on our travels. Now, we will do so, Alex, at this point of recording without Kyle Lafferty after the Northern Irish FA invoked the five-day clause which prevents players who pull out of international squads with injury from appearing for their club sides within that period, that, that time scale. Now although Northern Ireland's fixture um, fell before five days, it's considered from the end of the international period which is the block of time that uh, UEFA set aside for these matches, or FIFA as well set aside for these matches. So it does fall under the parameters. Now, the reasons behind this, it seems to have been a bit of a stramash between Kyle Lafferty, Michael O'Neill and the Northern Irish FA. Um, Rangers had said that Kyle Lafferty was fit. Kyle Lafferty disputed that in a phone call, a late night phone call to Michael O'Neill telling him that he was pulling out and the timing of it angered Michael O'Neill as they felt that it left it left Northern Ireland without the opportunity to bring in a replacement, left them short-handed up front and there is a lot of anger on both sides about this. Now, Rangers fans, uh, although there obviously are a lot of Northern Irish Rangers fans, there's an awful lot of non-Northern Irish Rangers fans and a, a huge tranche of those who don't care about international football in the slightest who I think uh, understandably feel aggrieved at this decision because, of course, the the people who really suffer from this are Rangers fans. Alex, what's your take on the whole event? Um, In a wider sense, uh, it seems strange. I'm surprised I've realised... I can understand the reasons behind it. Uh, Had Lafferty just went along and then been declared injured by Northern Ireland then we wouldn't have any of this uh, even if he was fit and ready to play 
uh, for Sunday, you know, we wouldn't have any of these issues. Um, we'll, we'll see that with the likes of, of Katic, um, or, or possibly Barisic, although I don't know, I've not seen him in any of the training pitches, so it may be that his injury is a little worse than, than, we, uh, than we've been told. But, uh, yeah, if he just went along and done that, then that would have been, that would have been the end of it. Um, it's frustrating because, you know, it's another squad option down for us. Um, probably last year he wouldn't have started the match, but he's always just sort of have on the bench in these sort of games. Uh, I don't know. I feel as though he's not really done it the correct way himself, though. Um, and that slightly frustrates me as well. You know, if the club are saying he's fit, then it's not like, you know, if the club had come around and said, no, look, he's injured, then I would have a very different view on this. But for the club to say, no, he's fine, and then laugh at you to do what he done himself, um, I could imagine Stephen Gerrard being a little bit annoyed by it, actually. You know, annoyed by how he's dealt with it, um, rather than, uh, you know, surely, surely if Lafferty wanted some, they could have had a word with somebody at the club and said, look, could you tell him I'm injured? Mm. You know? Mm. Surely he could have done that first, if he wanted. If this was if this is as simple as Kyle just not really being in the mood for this one, or not feeling it or whatever, surely he could have done that. Um, so, so yeah, it just feels to me as though he's not quite dealt with it correctly. So yes, the, the consequences are annoying for us, but they come from something that he's not really quite done right, I, I would say, anyway. We spoke to, on our Patreon site, we spoke to David Graham, who's a, a Northern Irish Rangers fan, and, and he said that from Kyle Lafferty's side, the... The, the feeling was that Kyle really does want to concentrate at the moment on his Rangers career because he sees this very much as an unexpected second chance and that given that he's out of the semi-final already because of being cup-tied that he wanted to spend two weeks you know, with the training, get the squads and whatnot and that's understandable and I think that that is the problem with these international matches that while in an ideal world players would be desperate to turn up for their country and whatnot, there is or there are times when players do want to focus on something else and it does seem to be very much an, an either or thing. You can retire and take yourself out of it from international football and that means that this law doesn't apply to you and but it means that you can't be selected for your country. Um or you have to go every time you're called up and Again, you wonder if it couldn't have been better managed by all sides, where there's a bit of a miscommunication issue at Ibrox, where, as you say, club saying one thing, Kyle saying another. There's a communication with Northern Ireland. Certainly the timing of the phone call was said to have angered Michael O'Neill. And then there's Northern Ireland maybe taking a step back and saying, look, Kyle Lafferty's been a wonderful player for us over the years. He should... You know, we, we can grant him a little bit of time to try and get his head right for this with an agreement with him is like, look, we've got these fixtures coming up in November, including a friendly against uh, the Republic of Ireland. We need you for those. So it's really frustrating, though, because it's it's probably the worst area for us to be hit with an unnecessary suspension. It absolutely is, yeah. Um, he's the only player we've got that if something happens to many of us in the game that could go in and play that role. Uh, the only other one. We'd have to do something a little bit different if, if that was the case. Um, so, so yes, that in that respect, frustrating. Um, and I do agree, actually. You know, just to just to say that as much as I feel as though Lafferty hasn't quite dealt with it correctly, I do agree that Northern Ireland could and probably should have been able to say, "Kel Lafferty's done an amazing job for us over the years." 
um, and we can grant them, you know, this this time, that's fine. It all sounds as though, as you say, no one's dealt with her very well. And that just means he's going to be sitting in the stands um, instead of on the bench is a good option. Uh, it means 90 minutes for Morelos as long as he stays fit during the game. Uh, just before the, the Spartak-Moscow game on that plastic pitch. Yeah, this isn't, um, it's just not ideal for us at all. And uh, will probably lead to Kyle Lafferty just retiring from international football, which is pro- not what anybody wanted, I no. don't think, to begin no. with. No, it is. It's a, it's a real shame. And yeah, one of these circumstances where people's egos begin to kick in, and people feel they can't step, uh, they can't step back, or they can't be seen to be stepping down in the argument. So it's it's hugely unfortunate for us. Um, but with all that said, Rangers go along with some injury concerns. Scott Arfield um, also came back. He he was away in international duty, but came back with an injury. And uh, according to reports, will be touching go where he makes it at the weekend. Even allowing for this, though, Alex. Um, we went to Hamilton last season and won four one and six two. It was a good hunting ground for us. Their form has not been great this season so far. I think it's fair to say. And plastic pitch or not, given that Rangers desperately need an away win because it's becoming a thing. We haven't had an away win since February, and I don't really count that because whole new team in the summer. Uh, for me, it's four league matches, but. Even so, it is one of these stats that will get bandied about until you stop it. And you, in my opinion, can't handpick a better away fixture. With all due respect to Hamilton, they got tonked 6-0 by Hibs in the last game. They're not playing well. This is a side that not only should Rangers beat, we should beat comfortably, in my opinion. We should. Um, Hamilton are just one of those teams that are all over the place. Uh, it seems to have been the way for the past few seasons. You look at some of the results, um, you know, first game of the season, absolutely hammered by Hearts at home. Then they go away to Motherwell and win. You know, they go to play Celtic away from home and they're unlucky to lose 1-0 just after that. And then they go on a run of other defeats as well. They're very inconsistent. Um, They seem to be either quite difficult stuff that you beat at their best or horrendous at their worst. As you said, they could beat 6-0 by Hibs. The game before that, beat 2-0 off Dundee, who couldn't buy a win. Mm. You know, up until then. So, so yeah, they're not in great form. I think what what I'm keen to or what I'm keen to see is there's going to be a little bit of an edge to our players and get into this one because of the, all the talk about away form and the results in the last game against Livingston. Our players are going to be a little bit extra um, and motivated to, to to show that this is no longer a thing. When that happens, we tend to to do quite well. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Hamilton set up with a back three that they play slightly open as a team, or they can be. Um, that maybe suits us as well. It's, uh, yeah, it'll be good to see. Hopefully the, the international break hasn't derailed too much. As you say, if Scott Arfield steps out, we've got good midfield options now. Mm. Um, if he has, if he can't be played or can't be missed, got plenty of options in midfield. I'd imagine that only injuries will change the team from the last two matches. I think Gerard might want to settle that a little bit more now rather than all the rotation. Or certainly for a few games anyway. We've got to make changes against Aberdeen anyway, for example. Um, so, so, yeah, I think that uh, we should, you're right, we should go out and play quite well and win this game. I'm just, <laughs> I 
I guess it's just one of those things where, where with Hamilton, you're just never sure what, what they're going to be like when they show up. We stuck a lot of goals past them last season. Hopefully we'll do the same again this time. Will there be any temptation from the manager to... <laughs> one of the criticisms that has come out is that he's been guilty of overthinking away matches so far and possibly this is a type of game where just go out and let them play and in fact our best performance away from home this season was against Kilmarnock in the League Cup where Rangers went out and took the game by the scruff of the neck and had a go is that a valid criticism especially when you look at the I think it's fair to say the difference in ability between the two sides and the way that some of Rangers key attacking players Kent, Morelis, Candace are playing at the moment is there an argument for saying just take the take the shackles off Stephen tell them to go out and beat this team by doing what they're good at yeah he has to do that um, we, we kind of discussed this before that, that he's made changes away from home and some of them have been understandable uh, aside from the Kilmarnock game domestically obviously we're talking here our best away performance was probably Aberdeen in the first game of the season and we lined up in the way that you know with the 4-3-3 and we looked to have a go and it obviously all got derailed by the early red card and Motherwell against uh, Livingston against Celtic we've changed things we've made different we've made changes to the team we've changed the formation or the approach and it's not worked um, he has to let the team go out and play in this one and they have to then go and prove that he's been wrong to do that uh, so yeah, I think that's what we'll see I think we'll see the minimum amount of changes that we can we can make to the last two games and we'll just be like you know as you say to that forward three go and play um, and, you know, go and do your best at Ryan Ken running at them the entire game, etc. Hopefully, the players will just forget about the fact they should be used to plastic pitches by now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll just forget about the fact that it's that and just go and play um, and, and not worry about. It. I think in the Livingston game, we were a bit too concerned about what was coming. You know, we had rapid in our hearts within the next seven days, and I think the players had their eyes on those games and took their eye off the ball on that one. Mm. And Gerard very much said, you know, seems to suggest that it was the same as well. So this time, don't worry about it. You know, hopefully they're not thinking, oh, we've got a Spartan then the cup semi final. Something like Morelos, for example, he's not playing in the semi final. So just going to play in this one. Yeah, you'll be fine. You know, um, etc. So, so yes, hopefully they'll they'll just uh, do their thing, and Gerard will just say, look, you've gave me this level of performance here. Show me you can do it elsewhere. Uh, if he doesn't, if Gerard tinkers at all changes things a little bit or tries to make his less free less open then again you'd have to even if we win you'd have to have some criticism for him I think uh, because this team's surely been given the has done enough at home matches to be given the right to try and play the same way away yeah, I think so, and uh, have done so against good opposition, as we saw against Hearts and Rapid Vienna, and this Rangers team are at their best when they are on the front foot. And again, if you're changing for away matches and it's working, that's one thing, and as fans we, I suppose, can get a bit frustrated, thinking we could be playing better than this, but it's not working, that's the point. So, yeah, I think uh, all Rangers fans will be hoping to see us just go out and, and give it 100% attacking front foot football because we're quite good at that now Alex you touched on it there uh, the the semi-final follows the weekend after this and Rangers will take on Aberdeen at 4.30 um, at Hamden now Aberdeen who had 
moaned that the kickoff time of uh, the original kickoff time of twelve was too early for their fans. Uh, then saw the match change to four thirty. They then demanded a fifty fifty split, uh, saying that uh, they would sell their tickets for this match, and have found themselves in a little bit of hot water because uh, not only have they not sold anywhere near that around nine thousand they've sold at the time of recording, and even after an appeal by the manager and by the club have uh, only managed to sell a further 100. But they have sold the tickets for the middle of the section, thus ensuring that, or the plan was to ensure that they would, because of a lack of segregation, because you can't segregate the area if that, if that was to be the case, that they would then be able to maintain the section even if the tickets remained unsold, whereas the SPFL quite rightly, want uh, Aberdeen to fill a section and then any unsold tickets to go to Rangers, not for any great moral love of Rangers, but because quite clearly it's costing them, and Aberdeen incidentally, it's costing all four clubs in the semi-final money. And on top of that, it's a bad look for a semi-final that could be full uh, and a showpiece occasion that you've got thousands of empty seats. Now, the SPFL have stepped in and have told Aberdeen, tough, you are going to, A, we've cut your tickets, um, from 21,000 to 15 and a half and you will sell them in one section and people will be moved if you've sold tickets then that's your fault you will move your fans to accommodate this Aberdeen fans are bleating they're now saying that a half four kickoff is too late for them to attend the match at Hamden Alex the word that's being bandied a lot is tin pot and the suspicion lingers that if Aberdeen fans were more confident of beating us then ticket sales wouldn't be a problem. What's your take on this whole farce? <laughs> Funnily enough, Tinpot, I, I, I wouldn't even have used that myself. The first time I seen that in, in relation to this was an Aberdeen fan talking about their own club, wasn't it? Yep. When he was mentioning um, on Twitter that he'd been getting phone calls from the club to try and sell tickets to this one and sums up just how Tinpot they really are. I am going um, to say, do, say something I very rarely say, and that's a slight praise of Aberdeen fans who are obviously dread, dreadful human beings, but the Aberdeen away support is quite loyal and quite big, you know, for the for size club, even when they're doing really badly. But when they're doing really badly, they kind of are the Aberdeen support. Um, yeah. And even now when they're doing a bit better, they'll get some more for home matches, but they are not a loyal support. And that's what gets on my tits about 50-50 splits because people who go to Scottish football week in, week out, or at least every two weeks are being denied tickets while people who will go once in a blue moon or if the weather's nice or if their team's winning get tickets and that's unfair in my opinion but this is, uh, Aberdeen those Aberdeen fans, the travelling ones, are the ones it was one of them who made the who made that We Are A Tim Pot Club line and they're embarrassed because they know and they are right that this really does fuck their cause for 50-50s going forward because Rangers fans will quite rightly point out you couldn't sell your tickets and the league who are concerned let's be honest about selling they don't particularly care who they're sold to they just want to sell as many as they can are going to say you need to demonstrate we'll give you 10,000 this time and you know you can sell them all out and then maybe the next time you'll get more because that has to be how it works right? It should be. Um, but it was talking us costing each of the four clubs about, what, 300k or something like that? Yeah. Um, uh, the, the deal that Hamden and the SPFL have made to allow one of the semi finals to move to Murrayfield is already 
cutting into costs. Um, that was, you know, quite well broken down elsewhere and it shows you just what Murrayfield's taking from this and how much money they are wanting for it and the fact that Hamden's still getting paid despite one of the games not being played there. Um, all of this is costing quite a bit. So for a, a team to do what Aberdeen tried to do was very, very strange behaviour on their part as well. Why would they want to kill money? I don't get it. Why would they want to at a time when Scottish football's on his knees financially? Why they'd want to do that? I can't understand that. Is their hatred of us that much? Yes. That they're willing to... I mean, that's crazy to me. And, and surely, I would have thought as well, as much as, as you say, Aberdeen fans being the assholes that they are in general, I'm going to think uh, tight from a lot of my family for that, by the way. Um, are you? Have you got... Um... Sheep blood well, my, my mum was born there, but she moved to Glasgow very, very young and became a Rangers fan before that. But uh, a refugee. Yeah, I've got a, a number of uh, relatives in her side. No, that That's okay. We we're welcoming anyone who has uh, left the, uh, the path of wrongness and joined the path of the righteous. Uh, are welcomed. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, uh, I might get a bit time for that. Well, for, I, I don't imagine I'm listening. It's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, the. Uh, they're, they're loyal fans, the ones who show up all the time. As you say, they must be really, really annoyed by all of this. And I would have thought some of them would be asking, why is a club acting in a way that's going to cost us six figures? I mean, they've just had to sell a striker who'd done a great job for them in the summer. Um, you know, he's done a good job for them over a good few seasons. They sold him to Salford for 150k. You know, mm. like, surely a club that's having to do that doesn't want to be knocking back six figure sums out of pettiness <laughs> so I would have thought Aberdeen fans should have been questioning the club as well they probably won't because it's us if it had been anybody else they would have yeah. because it's against us they won't but uh, yeah surely someone there has got to be saying what are we doing here just get sell as many as we can let Rangers sell the rest and we'll coin that in regardless um, and you know if they the team it's a semi-final anything can happen God forbid they beat us right I don't think they will but you know if they did then not only are they coining it in from the semi-final anyway, they've got the final after that, and if they don't, they make as much as they can from the semi-final. Surely that's the prudent decision. I don't get it, personally, but maybe I'm trying to apply logic to something that, that doesn't have any. Yeah, well, unfortunately, that's Scottish football in a nutshell. OK, then, Alex, just before we wrap up the show then, uh, I'll just point people in the direction of our Patreon site, which continues to go from strength to strength, and uh, some of the content on there is magnificent, as you heard, with the wonderful uh, time capsule Martin Ramsey show this week on our feed here. If you like it, it's just one ninety nine per month. Go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. And also... If you would like to come and see Heart and Hand live at the Loudoun Tavern on the 9th of November, you absolutely should. Please check out uh, the ticket link is available on my social media feed, which is at Ibrox Rocks, and our Facebook page, which is just Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, but we'll also put it in the description of this show. Not many tickets left, and the reason I think you might want to come is uh, joining us that night will be Craig Moore. And if you've been to one of our live shows, you know that ex-players just get put into the group. They are told, uh, nope, you're part of this. And uh, as the banter and the questions flow, uh, no topic is off limits. So if you want to come and see us, there are a few, not many, but there are a few tickets left. Please come and have a look at that if you will. Now, uh, Alex, just before we leave then, uh, prediction for Sunday. 
I will join you in 3 nil Rangers. So that should be your coupon, folks. And uh, just time to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Paul Myers, and to thank my guests, the ever-wonderful Mr. Alex Staff. Thank you, David. We will be back on Monday with Heart and Hand, uh, the flagship podcast. Until then, have a great weekend and enjoy the return of proper football. Thanks for listening. Bye. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.